Welcome to the Faith is a Verb podcast, formerly known as the Back to Basics Bible Corner. Tracy, Amy, and Amanda here, and digging into scripture together is our favorite thing to do, because simply reading the Bible isn't enough for us. We want to actually study His Word. We have created this podcast as a means to study together with all of you, so we would be over the moon excited to have conversation with you in the comments here. Without further ado, let's go chew on some scripture together. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to the Faith is a Verb podcast. We are so excited to be here again this week with you. Um, I don't want to like jinx it or anything, but this is episode seven. This is week seven in a row that we have not missed a podcast. (laughs) We are two days late on this one than we typically are. We typically have these posted by Friday, but that is a okay because this is week seven and we have not missed a single week yet. Like, knock on wood, we are doing really, really, really good at staying on track here. And I hope that, um, I hope that somebody other than us has noticed that and might be proud of us and like patting us on the back for that. Uh, cause it's been, it's hard y'all. It's hard to, to find the time for us to record together. Um, it's hard to stay. It's hard to stay immersed in everything that we have going on in life as well as our personal study time, as well as our women's study that we have, as well as our Sunday studies that we have, as well as our podcast state, right? Like we specifically, Amy, Amanda, and myself, we have what, one, two. So I have the calendar study. I have the revelation study. I have the women's studies. And then I have the podcast study. And then I have the Sunday study. And then I have my personal study. So I have five weekly studies and then my daily personal study that I'm doing. And I have five. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Amanda has the same on top of us all being mothers on top of us all being business owners on top of us all trying to like, so yeah, it's a lot. And if you are somebody that is feeling like you are being pulled away from your time and study, if you are somebody that feels like you are struggling to stay, stay afloat and all the things that you're doing and like, man, it's just, it's so hard for me to remember to take time to read this or do that or whatever. You're not alone. Okay. Like we, we all are struggling right now with keeping afloat with all this stuff. So you're not alone and we're all going to just, um, pray for one another (laughs) that we can keep him as the focus. I have a sign in my prayer closet that says Yahweh is the focus. Um, and it's just like my reminder, I should probably get a couple more of those and just have them like literally all over my house. Uh, to just constantly remind me that he is supposed to be the focus of everything that I'm doing. Even if I can't physically stop and open up the Bible and sit down with a notebook and highlighters and pen and write notes and, you know, have my laptop open to do cross references and all this stuff. Like he should still be my focus all the time. Um, and he should be yours as well. So that is a little bit kind of, of what we're going to talk about today. Um, Yes. And also no, because it's a totally different topic, but it leads into that. So um, we're going to open up with prayer. Like we always do. Amy is going to pray for us this week. Uh, We had to like draw straws because we couldn't remember whose week it was. And then she volunteered. So she's going to go ahead and pray for us this week. And then we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, for the unity you have given us as we come together here in front of you. We thank you for providing us with this gathering to share your word, Lord. Teach us to love and cherish each other. Let us ears, our ears be open, our hearts be open and help us to understand 
as we go through your word today, Lord. And let our listeners, any prayer requests that they have, they can reach out to us. Lord, you know what they need. They are always in our prayers. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. And yes, um, we have been putting the last several episodes in the show notes. So like underneath the episode, they have like the description, there's like information there, there's links and references and all that stuff. There's also a um, email, it is the faith is a verb email. Um, that email you can use to send us your prayer requests. You can use to send us your thoughts on the podcast. You can send us ideas and, and things that you need help studying because we want to study with you guys, the things that you are struggling with too, right? Like we're just kind of brainstorming amongst ourselves, right? Every single week, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about, what study we want to do and whatnot. So if, if we're getting some input from you guys, that would be super, super helpful. So don't hesitate to send us an email. Um, okay. So this week's topic is, um, titled off the milk and onto the meat. I don't know if anybody else has ever heard that in scripture, but there's a couple different places where it talks about the milk of the word, the milk of being a Christian, right? That's like baby Christian. Like you're just starting like an infant, you're drinking milk and then you have to get to the meat of it. Right. And that is a very difficult process to get to the meat of it. So we're going to talk today using scripture, obviously, about why it's important that we get to that point of being on the meat of it, what you're going to gain from getting on the meat of it, and also what um, what downsides there might be to that, right? Like what things that you need to be prepared for, because there's always going to be that duality, right? You're always going to have good things that are going to come and then bad things that are, that are going to be attacking and things like that that are going to be happening. So um, I'm going to, I'm not going to read the whole context for this section, um, but our verse that we're starting with today is going to be 1 Corinthians um chapter three verse two but i'm gonna actually read like all of chapter three i think uh but i want to start and i want to just read this one little paragraph that is in the commentary that's at the front of this book in this bible that amanda got me um the basic issue in paul's letter to the church in corinth hasn't changed in two thousand years why do christians have to be different how morally strict does a christian have to be what makes a follower of christ distinctive I cannot tell you how many times I have read in scripture in the last two years that we are called to be set apart. Be holy for I am holy. Be set apart. This is a set apart day. This is a set apart feast. This is a set apart this, a set apart that. Like the the term, if you go and you do like a words, word study on set apart to see how many times it's used in scripture, your mind is going to be blown. We are called to be set apart. And what does that mean? We are supposed to look different. We're supposed to talk different. We're supposed to think different. We're supposed to behave different. We are supposed to be different. Now, imagine every single person in this world that claims themselves as a believer. Imagine if every single one of those people truly were set apart. How much better would our world be if every single person who believed in God and believed in Yeshua, right? Like if every single person was actually set apart and actually acted differently and dressed differently and spoke differently, how much better would our world be? You would have far less all of the negative, like literally every, every single part of the negative, you would have far less of that happening, right? But we're not. And the reason why we're not, I believe, and I think that you're going to, you're going to see the same whenever we're going through this study is because those people have not gotten off the milk. They have no idea what it means to be set apart. They have no idea that it is faith as a verb. They have no idea that there is an action that is supposed to happen with this, right? 
So um, I'm going to read chapter three of First Corinthians. Um, it's not too long. And I'm reading again from that same Bible. I'm not going to read from the scriptures today. It is the One Step Closer Bible. It is an NLT version. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? I have a note here that I want to I read first before we move on. Paul is outlining in this first paragraph here three different people. He is outlining natural man, spiritual man, and the carnal man. So man is like man, like human, right? Like it could be female, it could be child, whatever. So a natural man is going to reject the things of the spirit, right? He says that in um, also in chapter two in 1 Corinthians, verse 14. So if you're taking notes, write that down. 1 Corinthians chapter two, verse 14, you can see him saying it there as well. Um, talking about the spiritual man, that is going to be somebody that knows the things of Yahweh. That is also referenced in 1 Corinthians chapter two, verse 15. And then talking about the carnal man, that is the one that knows Yahweh, but still lives in the flesh. I knew Yahweh my entire life, my whole life. There's never been a single day that I did not believe. There's never been a single day that I thought God's not real. Jesus isn't the son of God, right? Like that never, but I was not walking in that. I did not have a personal relationship. I was following blindly what other people told me. I never even opened up the Bible for myself. I was very, very, very much on the milk. I was not getting on the meat. I was the carnal man. I was somebody that knew, but I still lived in the flesh. You could also look at this. Um, if you've heard people talk about being on fire or being lukewarm, you have people that are cold, right? And then you have people that are lukewarm. And then you have the people that are on fire for the Lord. He tells us in scripture, I wish I would have looked this up, man. I'm going to have to look it up and put it in the show notes. I promise I will put that in the show notes. But there is a scripture where he tells us that it is worse to be lukewarm for him than it is to not believe in him at all. It is worse. I will find that scripture. I will put it in the show notes. I promise I should have done that beforehand. It just came to me. But there is a scripture that says that. And that whenever I read that, that was like a punch in the gut. That made me sick to my stomach because that was me my entire life. And it is worse to be lukewarm for him than it is to be a non-believer. Because at least if you're a non-believer, you didn't know any better, right? If you're lukewarm, if you're not changing who you are, if you are not going through a daily sanctification, that is worse. That's worse because you know who he is. You know what he expects of you. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know how you're supposed to be living. You know how you're supposed to be treating people and you're not doing it. That, that makes you worse than them. Okay, so we're going to finish chapter three. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom he, who through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters will work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. 
because of God's grace for me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful for no one can lay any foundation other than the one who, other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think that you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scripture says, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader, for everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Um, That's that's a powerful chapter right there. Like whenever you're, man, it, doing like the one year Bible, right? Like I read an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm and a Proverb every day, right? So some of these times I read it and it's just like reading a book right? Like, it's just like picking up and reading a book, not that big of a deal. But whenever I sit down and I'm really trying to study something, there's such a difference in how the message is received. Anyone can pick up the Bible and read it. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to just pick it up and read it. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that's the milk. That's the milk. Picking it up and reading it is the milk. The meat comes when you are digging in and you are studying and you are doing the hard work. You are doing the word studies. You are doing the cross-references. You are, you are praying for discernment. You are chewing on this, right? You are meditating on it. Whenever it, scripture, again, I don't know the exact one. I'll, I'll put that one in the show notes too. But whenever uh, scripture tells us that we are to meditate on his word, meditate does not mean you are meant to read it one time and let it go. You are supposed to read this and think about it and read it again and then pray about it and then and then memorize it and then and then study it out and then look up this word and look up that word and discuss this with fellow believers and you are supposed to meditate on that. You are supposed to meditate on his word. When we are so full of the junk of this world, we have no room left for meat. If we're feeling, filling ourselves up on all of the chaos and all of the junk and all of the dumb stuff that is happening in this world, we have no room left to get to the meat. I am talking to myself here so hard right now when I am filling it up with scrolling on TikTok, when I am filling it up with getting, letting my ADHD distract me while I am cooking dinner and a simple 20 minute task taking me an hour and a half, right? Whenever I am watching TV while I'm folding the laundry and instead of just getting the laundry folded in a quick, timely manner, I'm getting distracted by the TV. So I'm cutting into my time that I could be studying, right? Like this, I allow myself to be distracted and pulled away from his word way too often for somebody who is so on fire for him, right? somebody who wakes up every day and and immediately goes to prayer, somebody who goes to bed at night and immediately praying before I, I close my eyes, right? Like for somebody who loves him as much as I do, I do not spend near enough time in his word. I, I have to repent from that and I have to do better. 
um, whenever I was doing my study out for this, this was the verse that I chose, right? And then I had to, Amanda just said it, this is just like when you tell your kids not to eat candy before supper, but then they will fill up on junk food and not be hungry for the pot roast. That's exactly right. It's exactly what happens. He is the meat. His word is the meat. We are supposed to be digging into it. We are supposed to be getting into that, that state of like looking to fill up on his meat. Uh, another another way of um, changing the way that you're studying is when, you, when you're opening up the Bible, if you're anything like me, when I first started doing this, I was opening up scripture and I was looking for me in every single scripture. I was looking for, for how it was going to be applied to my life, right? Like, right, like I'm, again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be trying to find how to apply it to your life, but like I was looking at, at what problem it was going to help me with. Oh, how was this Psalm going to apply to the situations that I have going on in my life? Like how, how was he talking about when you open up scripture, look for God, look for his character, look for what is like when you're reading those, um, what is it? The, the, the devotions. Yeah. They only pick just a little piece. Go and take your Bible and actually look at the whole verse to make sure that the devotion that you're reading matches up. Yeah. Oh, that's, absolutely. that's another way to expand your study. Yep. For sure. And that's another way too to test what you're reading. Cause whenever you're reading these things in devotionals, um, I've already said before, I'm, I'm not, I don't do devotionals one. I don't have time for it. And two, I don't see, I don't see a need for it for myself. Right. Like I, I just use scripture. Cause that's all that I can do right now. Right. Like I don't have the ability to do the devotionals right now. Um, but we're, we are called to test everything. We are called to, to test it and make sure that what we are being told is true. Um, and not that anybody would do anything like this maliciously, but a lot of times, like, like Amy said, they're taking a small section of a verse and they're taking it out of context and they're putting it in a devotional and you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. Right. Like totally But then if you go and you read it for yourself, right. Like you read the verse before and the verse after and you, and you, and you get the context and you look into it and you see who they were talking to, why they were talking, you see that it's a totally different meaning. And you're like, that actually doesn't apply to me at all. In fact, why did they even use that verse in this context? Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because a lot of Christians who are on the milk, that is what they do daily. Instead of reading the Bible, they're just going to bring out a devotional book because it makes them feel good. We need to get away from the feel good. Yeah. So. We need to get away from the, from the feel good and from the self-serving, like using, using scripture in a self-serving way. Um, again, that is not to say that scripture is not meant to teach you. It's not meant to guide you or anything like that. Cause of course, obviously it is, but it's supposed to guide you and teach you as you're looking for the character of Yah in this scripture and not as you're looking for yourself in the scripture, right? Like that's the whole purpose behind reading it. So in this study, I did some cross-referencing and it brought me to um, Hebrews chapter five, verse 11 uh, through 14. So there is this, they have these little sections down in, in this, in this Bible. I really like this one that have like extra little commentary and whatnot. So again, this is man is fallible, like take this with a grain of salt, whatever. But I really liked what this said. Um, all of us experience periods of spiritual dullness and disinterest. We are emotional creatures and we grow tired and bored physically and mentally, as well as spiritually. The writer of Hebrews gives some practical advice here. 
imitate those Christians who have paved the way before you. When you no longer feel creative and full of energy, it can help to simply follow another person's example. Those who keep the faith and cultivate patience, even though less than stimulate, even through less than stimulating times, will not go unrewarded. So on those days that you're feeling like, man, I really, I just cannot, I cannot get into scripture today. I cannot stop and do my prayer time today. I cannot do this. I cannot do that, whatever. Get an accountability buddy. That's what Amy and Amanda and I are for each other, right? Get an accountability buddy. Look to a mentor. Look to someone else that you know is doing daily study and ask them just, hey, what did you study today? And then get in your scripture and go study the same thing, right? Like monkey see, monkey do. And until you can get back to that point of, of feeling like you are ready to just dive in every single day, you, you need to do what you need to do in order to get back there. Um, this is an attack from the enemy. Like <laughs> this is absolutely the enemy attacking you and slowing you down and pulling you away from where you were supposed to be. Um, okay. So chapter five, verse 11 through 14, I'm going to read, um, Sorry, I think I have a kid coming in. Anyway, I'm going to read chapter 7 through chapter 14. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. In this way, God was quali God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Mechilzedek. So that's, you have a little bit of like context here for what we are going to be reading in 11 through 14, okay? Like this is, if you don't know who Mechilzedek is, you need to go do a study on that or maybe we can do a podcast episode on that later on. Very confusing. Yeshua, Jesus is supposed to be a priest of the highest order, right? From the order of Mechilzedek, that's the highest you can get. He is our high priest, right? So there is much more that we would like to say about this. So now that this is the, the very next verse, right? This, there's much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now, and you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. The part that stood out the most to me is through training. So this isn't something that just comes like, oh, I've been a Christian for six years. All of a sudden I'm supposed to be on the meat, right? Or, oh, I've been a Christian for six months. All of a sudden I'm supposed to be on the meat, right? It comes from training. How are you training yourself? Daily daily reading scripture, right? The enemy does not want you daily reading scripture. He will literally do anything to stop you. Literally anything. I'm not exaggerating. He will do anything. He will give you any thought. He will throw any distraction in the way. He will use any means necessary to keep you from scripture. When Yeshua was 40 days fasting and he was being attacked by the enemy, what did he use to fight him off? Scripture, right? If we have scripture, we can fight him off. If we know his word, we can fight the enemy off. If we know his word, we know his truth. We are living in his way. We have that 100% secure relationship, right? We are on fire for him. The enemy cannot touch us. So of course he's going to do whatever he can do to stop you from doing that. But you have to get 
into training. You have to get your training done so that you can get to the meet. It is so, so vitally important. Um, another cross-reference that it brought me to is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2. I'm going to read that one in both of my Bibles because I want to show you guys the difference. And, and this is another study tool for you. Um, reading in multiple verses, or I'm sorry, multiple translations. Um, if you are somebody that does not have multiple translations physically in your hand, that is a-okay. There are 72 million apps <laughs> available. There are tons of free resources online, websites and things like that. You can go on the Bible app on your phone. You can go on eSword. You can go on Blue Letter Bible. You can go on um, the Bible cross-reference uh, link that we always put into the show notes, like literally any of those, and you can change the translation. So look up the verse in whatever translation, then change the translation to see the difference and then change the translation again. So chapter six, verse two says, hang on, these letters are, or numbers are so small. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Okay. And then if you go into my copy of, where's my ribbon? There it is. My copy of the scriptures. I'm going to go to, that was Romans, not Hebrews. What? Did I mean Romans? Oh my goodness. No, I did not mean Romans. I'm sorry, guys. One second. I should have had this open before we started. Hebrews chapter six. Come on. There we go. All right. Chapter six, verse two uh, of the teaching of immersions and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of everlasting judgment. And then if you go to the King James version, where's my internet? There it is. I have that pulled up on um, the blue letter Bible to see the Strong's concordance, right? And it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Do you see how different all of those sound? Those are those are very, very different verses in, in literally every single one. Um, but I don't the point has now escaped me <laughs> except for the part of the point of like, you need to make sure that you are looking at different versions. You need to see um, what multiple versions see, right? Like, so the, the reference that I'm using right here, the blue letter Bible, that one you can literally select. I'm pulling it down. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Like it goes on. There's like 30 different versions that you can click on there. And it also has the Strong's Concordance. So you can click on the like G5342, right? Like the word number. And it will tell you where else that word is used in scripture. It tells you the definition. It tells you the root etymology and all of that stuff. Um, all very, very, very important study tools though. Not laying again, the foundation of repenting from dead works. So if we are not laying a foundation of repenting from dead works, that means that we are doing what works? Good works. If we are not going to be just constantly repenting of our dead works, right? We don't want to just keep repenting of our dead works, repenting and repenting and repenting and repenting and repenting and never doing what? 
good works. The whole point is that we are supposed to be doing good works. What are good works? Where do we learn good works? How can we find what good works are? Scripture, his word tells you what is the good works? What, what, what does he need you to do? What are those things that are going to make you righteous and holy? How can you be holy for I am holy? How can you behave how he behaves, right? That's all in scripture. And you are not going to see that. You're not going to discover that for yourself if you're still stuck on the milk and not going to the meat. Um, another reference that it brought me to was John chapter 16, verse 12. And this is red letter. These are Yeshua's words here. So that's John chapter 16, verse 12. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So this is yet again, somebody else that's telling them, I, I, I wish that I could tell you more, but you're just not ready for it. I wish that I could explain this in more detail, but you're just, you're just not ready for it yet. But Yeshua is telling us right here, when the spirit of truth comes, what is the spirit of truth? That's his Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I have a little note here on the side. This is a topic for another podcast episode but uh this is a perfect example here of how the idea this is another milk versus meat moment too by the way because um if you're not reading scripture for yourself you don't see or understand the difference but the idea of the trinity that's out there that everybody is falling into that they're the same person they're not and scripture literally tells us all the time that they're not all three the same person so the idea of the trinity calling it a trinity is okay like that's not a that's not a bad thing it's not a problem because they are three parts right but the idea that is pushed around is that they are all three parts of one and it is not all three parts of one yes the other two parts were created by yahweh by god but they are not all three parts of one notice specifically he clarifies in this in his own words yeshua clarifies that he is not the father he is not the father he is not. He is the son. And the Holy Spirit is not the father. The Holy Spirit is coming to tell you what Yeshua told the Holy Spirit to tell you, right? It's like a, a, a game of telephone. Yeshua tells the Holy Spirit to tell you, you, you do the thing, right? And Yah's like, yes, 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 good, right? So <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do. So if you're searching for those good works, like if I'm, if I don't want to just keep repenting of my dead works, I want to turn and I want to have some good works. How do I find my good works? The Holy Spirit is going to guide you. The Holy Spirit has been trying to guide you. I can promise you that. That little pit in your stomach, right? That's where he lives. That little voice at the back of your mind that's telling you that's not right. Don't do that. That's where he lives. And the more you listen to him, the louder you hear him. The more you ask him to fill you with conviction, the more he's going to fill you with that conviction, right? The more you seek that Holy Spirit guiding you to the truth, the more he will absolutely guide you to the truth. I have a final thought here. Um, be mindful with this growth that's coming because as, as you are growing in this, as you are having the scales removed from your eyes, as you are getting into the meat of the word, you are going to have grief that comes with that. 
you are going to go through a grieving process and it's going to suck. And I just want you to know that you're not doing it alone. We are here. We've all gone through that process or are currently going through that process, right? Um, but you you are going to have your eyes open to how wrong you have been in your walk and to how much you have missed by playing around in the milk section instead of getting over to the meat section, right? Um, and that's going to grieve you. And that's a good thing. It's not going to feel like a good thing, but it is a good thing. But that tells you that you have the Holy Spirit, right? That tells you if you were grieving the fact that you got it wrong, quote unquote, that means that you have that Holy Spirit in you telling you like, you need to repent of this, like this is guilt, like whatever, but you're not supposed to just sit there and continue to feel guilty and beat yourself up and all that stuff because we know who Yah is. We know his character and we know how forgiving he is. We know what Yeshua did for us. We know that his blood bought us that forgiveness, right? All we have to do is we have to ask for it and then turn away from those those dead works. Um, so in, in, in that you're going to have those attacks of the enemy coming. Like we said, you're going to have every single possible stumbling block that you can imagine put in front of you. And it's going to really, really, really stink. Um, I, I ended with one last scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse 18, for in much wisdom is much grief and he who increases knowledge increases suffering because the more you grow, the more the enemy is going to come for you. He don't give a single crap about somebody that's not trying to get closer to Yah. He's not going to mess with a single person that's not trying to get closer to Yah. And I know that that sounds super cliche and you've probably heard that a whole bunch of times, but it is so, so, so true. It is so true. So take heart, dig deep, get into his word. Don't give up. That was awesome. Okay. Um, I'm going to read first Peter two, two, um, like a newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Us mothers know what our babies need to become strong and grow. They need milk, diaper changes, baths, love, and so many other things. Our spiritual journey is just like a newborn. We have, we have to have the milk of the word to help nourish us and guide us. We need to go through some messy situations that will test our faith. We need to be washed of our sins and be loved by our father Yahweh. But just like a newborn, we must continue to grow in our walk with God. Learn to hold our heads up to him in our time of need to have more solid food of the scriptures and understanding of it. We need to learn to speak his word and to pray. And 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. And when I grew up, I put away childish things. This scripture reminds us that we cannot stay in infancy. What... That there comes a time when we have to grow up in our walk. Now, my walk has had its highs and lows and plateaus, which I think is normal. God found a way to get to me when I was in a very dark depression. I felt like I was buried in the earth and it was eating me up just enough space for a gasp of air. In such a cold, dark place, everything was so heavy feeling. And when my head was about to go under, I heard God and he reached out and I grabbed his hand. And he pulled me up so fast, it, it was like I was suddenly weightless. 
for he pulled me out of my darkness so quickly. Then he held me so tight and didn't let go. He warmed me up and from under his wing, he protected me from the Satan's attacks while I was so vulnerable. But eventually Abba had to let me walk on my own, let me fall down and skid my knees. As I started on my own journey, I learned as much as I could. I read the Bible every day for a year until I finished it. My soul was on fire for God. After that is when the messy comes. Satan does not want us to get close, and he got scared and began to throw anything he could at me to put out my fire for God. I was no longer a baby Christian, but a toddler, easily distracted by Satan's attacks, and like most toddlers, testing the limits to see if it's okay or not. My fire for God dimmed from the distractions, but it was not snuffed out. So we get to where I am now. I'm a kid Christian. It's time to move on from the basics, like Hebrews 6, 1 says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repentance from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. It's time for me to rebuild that fire with a new and deeper understanding to gain the knowledge of God's law, to ask questions about them, seek out people who know more than me. I still don't really, I just, sorry, I still don't feel like I'm ready to be where Amy and Tracy are in their faith and practice and abide by all of God's laws. I'm not going to lie, it scares me to go that far. Scared of the judgment of others. Growing up in a Methodist church, I don't think I was taught any of God's laws from the Old Testament other than the Ten Commandments. I am, however, far enough along that I feel like I can help and guide others to God. I just might have to look up a few answers or phone a friend once in a while. Second Timothy 2. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. It tells me to go on and teach. Tell others of what I know about Yahweh's love, his grace, and the amazing feeling of salvation. But when teaching others, is, it's important to be humble about it. Don't get caught up in the attention, but give all the glory to God. As we continue to walk, to grow through all stages of our spiritual ages, we must not compare each other's journey. Each person's walk will be different. We must keep moving forward, keep reading the Bible every day. I had the time then. I have the same amount of time now, so there's no excuse not to. If I want that fire to get big again, I have to make the effort to build it. Build it with studies, with prayer, with teaching others, and learning from others. And someday, my fire will burn blue so hot, it will be too hot for even Satan to touch that's it speaking about fire um that whole message was fire ma'am right that was awesome that was great uh wow how do I how do I finish that right <laughs> um, 
just so you're aware, I know that Amanda said something about, you know, I had come to the law and things like that. I don't follow everything perfectly yet because I'm letting his spirit lead me. So I am starting to just begin to read Torah to see where he is going to be leading me. So as of right now, I'm just looking at Sabbath, but we're getting to the rest. Obviously, I'm not like daily sinning in my, you know, actively going out there and breaking a bunch of sins. But, you know, I, I still slip up once in a while. So we are not perfect and each walk is totally different. Well, and that's that's the whole point behind Yeshua coming was to pay for our 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 sins like that. Right. To get us that forgiveness. We are saved by mm-hmm. grace through faith. We are just called after that to remember that faith is a verb and in, okay, faith is a verb. All right, great. So what is the action? And that's whenever you start, like, we're literally like Amanda is on the milk, right. And she's just starting to like get onto the meat. Right. And Amy has got like her first portion of meat here and she's still chewing it and it's a little bit fatty. And she's like having a hard time. It's got some in it. Right. She's having a harder time chewing it up right now. And even me, like, I am not near where like, where I want to be, right? Like I'm not near where I see other people being, right? But comparison yeah. is the thief of joy. We we are not going to sit here and compare ourselves yep. to one another or to anyone else because he has us all on a walk to his narrow path. Yep. That's yep. what he has us doing right now. And, and we are all going to get there at a different time. It doesn't matter. We're all going to get there as long as we keep doing this, as long as we don't give up. Well, yep. like and I, the, the Amanda that wrote this, oops, sorry, hon. No, you're um, good. The Amanda that wrote this a week ago is not the same Amanda that's sitting right here today. I had revelations today that I was talking to you girls throughout the entire day with that I'm just like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. And so it's just kind of crazy how day by day you can change at where you're at. Yeah. I mean, whenever he starts to remove those scales, he starts to remove those scales and it happens some some parts happen very quickly and some parts happen very slowly. He knows what what he needs you to do. And as long as you are seeking his will above anything and everything else, you are doing the right thing. Um, I found that that verse real quick, Amy, I'm going to read that. Um, yeah. Revelation chapter three, verse 15 through 16. So verse 15 says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. Why? right? Like you weren't, you were neither cold nor hot. So man, it would be better if you were either cold or hot. Why? Because verse 16 tells you, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth because you are neither hot nor cold for me, because you are not neither a full believer nor a non-believer. I'm going to spit you out. Right. Um, And then looking at the cross references here, Romans chapter 12, verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in the spirit, serve the Lord. Do not be slothful in your zeal. Do not be slow in your zeal. Be fervent, be fervent for him. Be on fire for him. Matthew 6, chapter 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in the world. James chapter one, verse eight, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you are living for those people who are lukewarm, myself, I was lukewarm my entire life, right? Again, I'm not, this is not judgment. This is not casting judgment on anybody else. That was me. That's still me in certain aspects, right? Absolutely. Every day it is a struggle, but when you are lukewarm, you are living for both. You are double-minded. You are, I believe, but also I'm going to go and watch this show 
Game of Thrones. Why am I bringing that up? Because I like Game of Thrones. Is that a godly show? Should I be watching Game of Thrones? Literally. No, I should not. That is probably the worst show that I could be watching. Are you serious right now? Like, come on. But like, <sighs> we we just do the best that we can do every single day and never give up and never stop trying. Never just be okay with being lukewarm. That's when you know it's done. You're done whenever you're just okay with being lukewarm. Yeah. We like to be comfortable in our flesh. It doesn't like to change or be tested or disturbed. So when we feel the Holy Spirit nudging us to dig deeper, to re reveal more things that we are doing wrong, we tend to ignore those callings. We avoid them by preoccupying ourselves with, it's just good enough to read the Bible every day. All I have to do is be in his word, be a good person, pray, give thanks, take care of my family, and be a good neighbor. Good enough. We are warned that being lukewarm is not the way to continue our walks. We are called to study his word. We are called to let the Holy Spirit lead us, to die to our flesh. These are not easy tasks by any means, but it is like, but it is what we all are told to do. What happens if we just continue to choose to obey our flesh and don't seek what the Holy Spirit is leading us to? What happens when something is revealed to us and we choose not to follow up and dig deeper into it? Once we understand the foundation of who, what our relationship is supposed to be with with Yah, we then need to build our on our relationship with him. Hebrews 6, 1 through 12. Therefore, leaving the elementary message about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. For it is impossible to renew to repentance those who were once enlightened, who tasted the heavenly gift, became companions with the Holy Spirit, tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away because to their own harm, they are recrucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. For ground that has drunk the rain that has often fallen on it, and that produces vegetation useful to those it is cultivated for, receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless and about to be cursed and will be burned at the end. Even though we are speaking this way, dear friends, in your case, we are confident of the better things connected with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you showed for his name when you serve the saints, and you continue to serve them. Now we want each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the final realization of your hope so that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. So when I did my cross-references on this one, um, Philippians 3, 12 through 15, oh, 12 through 15. 
Now that I have already reached the goal or I am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forget what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. And also 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly grief produces a repentance not to be regretted and leading to salvation, but worldly grief produces get, produces death. Sorry. We must build upon the foundation once we know it. We must now build a structure. So the foundation being one, repentance and faith, two, baptism and laying of hands, three, resurrection and eternal judgment. Once we understand these basics, if Yah permits us to see further, to follow and understand his word, if he continues, sorry, um, if he continues to reveal things through his word, we must die to our flesh, listen to him, and study further deeper. If we are called to a maturity, this will only be led by Yah. And I have James 4, 15. Read that one. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So if it is his will, we will continue to go different, to go deeper. This is the point where many tend to fall away because doing this to our flesh, the worldly things we've grown up with, it's so hard to say no to them. It's so hard to get away from them. Hebrews 10, 26 through 29. For if we deliberately sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrify, terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of fire about to consume the adversaries. If anyone disregards Moses' law, he dies without mercy based on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think one will deserve who has trampled on the Son of God regarding as profane the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and insulted of the spirit of grace? So he's telling us there that, you know, once we know the truth, we need to walk as he has taught us to walk. Um, let's see here. I also have a few other ones. Um, second Peter two twenty through 22. If I can get there for if having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated. The last state is worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them to not have known the way of the righteous than after knowing, knowing it 
to turn back from the holy command delivered to him. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow after washing itself wallows in the mud. Matthew 5.13. I'll read that one for you. And this one is red letter. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It no longer, it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. John 15, 6. I know it's a lot of scripture. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Ephesians 2, 8. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a God's gift. And then lastly, I'm going to read Mark 4, 13 through 20 for you. Let's see here. Then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear Immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves. They are short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately stumble. Others are sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, welcome it and produce a crop 30, 60 and a hundred times what was sown. So be sown on good ground and trust where Yah is leading you and follow with open eyes and an open heart. What an awesome scripture to end on. That good job. I really like that. I like the whole the whole arc of that. I like where yeah, no, that was awesome. Um we got some thorns these days, guys. We got some thorns. We got lots of distractions happening. We got lots of things that are making us worry. We got lots of things that are making us um fearful or we've got lots of things that are making us just like second guess and question what the heck is happening <laughs> you know what I mean like what is the world coming to what is going on why are all of these things happening right like and it it gets I saw somebody's Instagram post I don't remember what it was but she just went on to explain that I don't think we were all meant to know exactly what's going on in the whole world yeah I don't think we were all, I don't think God wanted that for us. I don't yeah. think he wanted us to have this worry, this anxiety, these what ifs. And 
we're not shutting them down. We're opening them up and allowing all of these things to come into our minds. And we just need to learn to distance ourselves from everything that's going on and worry about just today yeah. and just what's in front of us and put our, I, I know that we're not supposed to wear blinders, but putting our blinders on keeps us focused on you. Mm -hmm. We and weren't supposed focus, to know at all. No. Exactly. Exactly. We're not supposed to be seeing everything that's going on in everybody's life every single day. And we, we all make too up much Christ. like each one of us individually come together to create the fullness of the body of Christ, right? Like we all are a different part and a piece. So if we're focused and worried and, and minding the business of everything else that's happening in the world, and we're letting all of these things distract us, then we're not focusing on our part of the body. We're not uh -huh. focused on what we're supposed to do. And um, when one part of your body is down, doesn't your whole body go down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a bad headache and it messes with everything else, right? You got a stomach ache, it messes with everything else, right? Like you gotta focus on what your part of the body is. And I will I will tell you guys right now, it was not easy. And I'm not saying that you need to do this um just willy-nilly because I said it. I'm telling you to pray for a, an extended period of time about this beforehand. But um, y'all revealed to me about a year ago that I needed to fast. I had been praying and I'd been asking him about fasting and I didn't know what I needed to fast from or how long I needed to fast or what I needed to do or how that was going to look or whatever. Keep in mind that at this time, um, I was a top leader in a network marketing company. Um, but that was a huge, a huge income for my family. Like that, that was what I did. That was how I provided for my children. Right. Um, and I, I just, I listened. He just, he just told me be done with social media for a week. Be done with social media for a week. A week is like no time at all. But whenever you are using social media, growing every single day to grow your business in order to, to provide for your family, a week is a lifetime. <laughs> to not post for a week is a lifetime. That, that week off absolutely changed everything for me. I did nothing but read scripture, do deep dive studies. I listened to sermons. Like I was all y'all all day 24 7 right like I found it so much easier to get my things done with my kids I found it so much easier to and like understand what his word was saying to me and since coming back from that fast I no longer work social media the way that I did right like which has its upsides and its downsides right like my business obviously is not nearly where it was before because I'm not putting in that con like my focus is no longer my business my focus is now living a slower life, being there with my kids and doing more time studying, right? It changed my whole life. It literally, that one week, that one fast, I fasted from food and I fasted from social media. I fasted from TV. Like it, I, it just was all gone. I cut it all off. I wasn't watching TV at night to go to bed. I was reading the Bible. Um, whenever I woke up in the morning, I wasn't, um, putting on TikTok or anything like that as I was like going about my daily routine. I was listening to a sermon and I was stabbing and I was taking notes and I was flipping through the Bible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it changed everything. Like but he it, used your social media for the amount of time that he wanted you to use it because he knew that he could use you through that social media. You have the personality that gets people in. It got me and Amy in, you know, so he used you for that amount of time. And then he's like, okay, 
you need something different now. We're going to move on. And he showed you where to fast, how to fast, and showed you where you need to be focusing now. Yeah, I, I think it was the the most important part was that he he told me, he showed me. It literally, I was driving. I remember, I will never forget it. I will never forget that time. And I will never forget the day that I was like saved, the day that I know that like things, those were times that he actually spoke to me, right? Like I heard him, not like an outside voice, like my husband walking, you know what I mean? But like, I heard him, it, like it was him. I heard his voice. Um, there's been three occasions and I remember those occasions. I will never forget those occasions, but I was driving to go pick up Wyatt from his friend's house. And I was just crying because I just had had a rough day. I was just sad. Um, and I was taking that time to pray. And I was just like, how do I fix this? What do I do? And he literally just like, take a fast, no social media, no TV, focus on me for one week. Don't eat. Trust me. Literally exactly what he said. Exactly what he said. And I did that. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So get in prayer, do some studying on fasting, look up fasting in scripture and, and do some studying on there. It's a very powerful tool. It is a tool, a gift that he has gifted to us, right? Like he gave us the gift of fasting to be this powerful tool against the principalities in the world and, and to get us um, in touch with him in a deeper level, but it needs to be spirit led. It can't just be you being like, well, I'm going to fast and that's going to fix everything, right? Like it has to be spirit led. So get in prayer and don't move until he tells you to move, right? Um, and he's going to tell you to move in different ways. Like not everybody is going to hear a voice, right? Like not everybody's going to hear him in their head or what, like this big, he might speak to you through a friend mentioning fasting. He might speak to you through a, a video that you see, or you might have a sermon pop up somewhere that's talking about fasting, whatever, maybe this, maybe you've been praying about fasting and you're hearing this podcast episode right here. And you're like, boom, that's my confirmation, right? Like he will confirm things for you. He will tell you, you will know whatever it's coming from him. But um, yeah, it definitely changed things for me. And I, I, I recommend it to everybody all of the time. Um, if you ladies don't have anything else, I think that's all that we have for today. Awesome. Don't forget, guys, to go and check the show notes underneath the episode. We put some more little talking points in there. We also put all of the references that we mentioned. Um, Amanda always does artwork now. And she has done the artwork already. Um, so the link for that will be in there as well as the email for you guys to email us if you have any comments or questions or ideas for topics or prayer requests, anything like that. We want to be praying for you guys. We want to be in touch with you. We want we want so badly for this to be like an actual Bible study, right? Like where we're communicating with each other, but we just don't have, we haven't figured out yet. We haven't been led yet to what that needs to look like. If that's going to be like just email or if that's going to be a Facebook group or if that's going to be, I don't, I don't know what, I have no idea. There's a bunch of different options available, but we're not feeling led yet to one or the other, but we do want to be in communication with you guys. So, so please email us. <laughs> and until then, remember that faith is a verb. Let us know your thoughts, your takeaways, or even offer up some suggestions for future episodes. If you're enjoying our time of study together, please tell your friends about it so we can study with them too. You can always screenshot this episode and post it into your socials. Don't forget to check the show notes for any resources that we included in today's episode. May Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, bless you today and all of your days. Mm -hmm.